0: welcome to the Post-Christian Podcast. Our goal is to reframe, simplify, and focus on our mission to make disciples in a post-Christian culture. We discuss reaching new people and raising up leaders while removing the barriers of churchianity. I'm Eric Bryant, one of the executive pastors at Gateway Church in Austin, author of Not Like Me, and resource provider at ericbryant.org. Well, in today's episode of the Post Christian Podcast, I'm excited to have with me Mina Mora, a journalist and someone I met a long time ago. We have mutual friends and Goody Goodlow, Erwin McManus. Mina, how are you doing?
1: Doing good, man. It's good to be here with you, man. Well, Amazing. it's great
0: to have you too. I'm I'm excited to just learn a little bit more from you. You you've you've been in the ministry for a long time yeah. and then made a transition into the world of journalism. And I love uh, your writing, I just feel like Man, you give I, a great perspective.
1: I appreciate. It. I, I feel like it's so unfair, Eric, because you had another friend of mine on your podcast, Rasul. Um, oh yeah, you yeah. know
0: Rasul. Oh good.
1: It's, it's, it's kind of sad, man, that that he was first. And so <laughs>
0: just by a few days, I mean, we just I said, okay, oh, it's
1: about a week. So yeah. I'm making fun of him. I'm actually going to, you know, when we're done, I'm going to take a picture and send it to him and say, hey, I got on, too. <laughs> kinda...
0: Well, we had a, such a really good conversation, his, his uh, resources in pursuit of Jesus and Oh, he's and incredible. some of what he's doing is really really good and and I you posted something on your Facebook page the other day that just really got me thinking and I wanted to get your perspective now having been someone who served in the church still a follower of Jesus of yeah. course but 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 from this new vantage point as, as a journalist as you're talking with leaders and you've interviewed some remarkable people in your short journalism career But you said something or you posted something about how children stop following God because their parents were so involved in the church and they didn't have, you know, they weren't involved at home and they didn't see the transformation at home. I feel like that's a great way to even describe maybe what's happening in our culture, that that America known as a Christian nation for so long had people claiming to be followers of Jesus, but there was no transformation they were so involved in the church, but there was not actual change in the heart and in the neighborhood. Describe what you're learning from some of these folks outside of the church in these interviews and even what prompted you to post that, why that that resonated so much.
1: Yeah, you know, Eric, I'm very concerned just about where we're at just as a culture. Uh, I, I do think you know, it's one of those things where if 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 we blink, it's going to go by faster than what we thought, man. And I, and I do think we've got to catch on to where things are going because we have a legacy of our own kids, Eric, who are going to still be here, man. And I don't know about you, but I can honestly say, man, it's one of those things when I look at my own kids, my own daughter, I go, man, eight years just came so fast. And so it's one of those things, Eric, you know what I'm talking about, man, where oh. You know, you're going, man, where is culture going? So I want to put that, you know, off to the side, Eric, to a certain degree. And one of the things that caught my attention was a guy named Tim Keller. He's an author, just great guy. The first time I actually sat down with Tim, man, he was clear with me how, how he thought we were already in a post a post-Christian culture, yeah. and Eric. At that time, I'd only been doing what I'm doing now for maybe three months, Eric. So mm-hmm. one, not long. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I remember hearing him say that, and just scratching my head a little bit, Eric, and going, "Well, could that be true?" It was four years ago, almost five years ago now. And then he made another statement, which I thought. Which every time I'm with him, I try to follow up with. He said, "What keeps him up at night is is that we will not be able to connect the dots. Like, how do we mm-hmm. help people?" connect those spiritual dots, Eric. In the past, we've all always had grandparents, our parents, our members who were Christ followers. And so it was easy for us to talk somebody about, about Jesus, just because we could point to somebody in their own life, Eric, yeah. per se. Yeah. But what do you do when you can't point to someone in people's lives? When they do not have a, a background at all about Christianity, what do you do then? And, Eric, I would say it keeps me up at night um, more than what it should probably, you know, in the sense of that I am very concerned about it. And if I'm not careful, I'm also very passionate about it, too, Eric. So I have to be careful to go, okay, watch your passion and your zeal. Check your heart, as as, as Proverbs tells us, to guard our heart, to make sure that we don't say stupid things, Eric. But I am very, very convinced, man that for those of us who are, who are Christ followers in the here and now that we need to keep that on our radar. Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things I've been you know, saying when I'm speaking on a Sunday is that, you know, when we're talking even about our own spiritual growth, the world needs us to take this seriously. Like the yes. world needs people who are more fully alive, yes, who fully Eric. connect with God And and so that that transformation can lead to uh, interest on behalf of the world around us that's that's watching and seeing how we live our life as you've interviewed folks. And if correct me if I'm wrong, you've interviewed like presidents, former presidents and and all sorts of uh, really important and influential people. What are some of the things you're hearing them describe uh, in terms of our culture?
1: You know what's cool, Eric, and and thank you for you mentioning that. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's gone by so fast. in The last four years, almost five years. Sometimes I forget, Pan. and so I was talking to somebody to today, and they brought up and. How many presidents? How many vice presidents? And I, and I, and honestly, Eric, I forget most of the time. <laughs> it's not like I'm trying to avoid the question here, but it is one of those things, man, where I have to stop sometimes and like zoom into what they're saying, man, mm-hmm. to kind of make sure that I'm not just writing it for the story, but that I'm listening to where to where they're at. And here's the good news, Eric: influential people are saying to me over and over again that they want more of God too, man. Mm-hmm. And so whether it is, you know, former Vice President Al Gore or whether it is, you know, former President Carter or whether it is Joe Scarborough, who I'll be interviewing tomorrow, I I am picking up this sense that people do want to know more about God. The hard thing, though, Eric, not to beat up on Christ followers, is that I think we are stuttering through the response, Eric. Mm. Um, Mm. And that's what really kind of gets me just agitated because I'm going, and people far from God want to know more about who we are, man. Wow. Um, they have never been more interested, I think, Eric, in wanting mm. to know more about the gospel than ever before. But we have been more and more quieter on our response, Eric. Our, wow. our, our, we are drifting off on whether it's politics or whether it's the current event of the day. And I'm not saying that those things are not important. I think they mm. are, Eric. But I'm just saying, man, man, if people who are far from God are going, man, we want to know more. Then let's talk about what we have.
0: Yeah, I had, that's very good. I think that's super helpful. It's you know, you're you're going when you go to Chick Fil A, you're going because you want a chicken sandwich. You know, when you're going to church, it's probably you want to connect with God. Like yes. so, let's help people do that. You know,
1: they, they really do, Eric. One thing I love about about you, man, I've noticed this for a long time, man. Is that you have always kind of been in this culture mindset of, man, let's tell people about, about the gospel and let's and let's and let's let's tell it well. Um, it's one of the things I always appreciated about you. And I feel like there are some folks who may be going, well, I came to the party late, Why not? So how do I get into it now? And you just gotta start where you are. Yeah. But you we cannot ignore the culture around us. And I think I came to, to the party fairly late, Eric. To be, to be fair, where yeah. I caught on I was like, wow, this is out here.
0: Well, and you talked about, you know, Tim Keller and other places, you know, like New York City and or the, the coast or here in Austin. You know, when you have people whose connection to faith uh, really ended in their family lineage with grandma, you yeah. know, it's like it, it, they, they were raised by parents who had already rejected what they may have grown up with. but But now they're I mean, I've done. Uh, all sort, you know, had all sorts of conversations with folks here in Austin who grew up in Austin and have no experience within the yeah. building of a you know a church. And, and one of the things that we try to do is just continue to to share the message of Jesus, but in a way that uh, helps the person who doesn't have any context understand. Wow. And and so it's really important that you don't have to change the message; just make sure you're explaining the message. Right. right. You know, yeah. Well, and you tell the story recently, uh, this article I read uh, about your interactions with James Brown. And he's, you know, obviously known for for his work with the NFL on, on Sundays and just such a great, you know, yeah. well-heralded oh uh, journalist. But he also, as a Christ follower, opened the door for you to learn from him. Uh, could you share that story? Because I think it's a great example of discipleship in, uh, in a whole different industry, but it's something we can learn from, like just saying yes and letting people follow us can make a big impact. Maybe share that story if you don't mind.
1: man. Eric, I, I laugh because it's almost been five years now, man. And I look back at that time and it was, it was a terrible time in life, Eric. It was not a good season. I mean, I just got fired. And so nobody likes, <laughs> likes that, Eric, obviously. Um, but I just got canned. And it was one of those kind of things where I kept going, OK, what can I do next? And Eric, I wanted to still do what I was doing. man. Mm-hmm. And here's where I think if we say yes, man, that we've got to, in, in some ways we've got to turn around from what we think our yes is into what to what God's yes is eric if that makes any real sense there yeah. and so I, I literally didn't know what to do which is a good place to start mm. i think for for people's it's been the best place for me to start eric in life mm. when i've just gone i don't know what to do next um and so here i was i'd always wanted to do journalism eric but never really thought that I could man and by the way i was 40 and so you know eric you're thinking i heard going well, I've got to keep doing what I've always done because, you know, that's what's always been the right thing to do. At least I fought at that time. Right. So here comes James Brown. And Eric, I forgot to tell this. In the, I did tell some part of the story, but I would just highlight this, though. If you really want to know what God wants you to do next, I really do believe this in saying yes and say yes to serving others, because mm-hmm. oftentimes I have found out and people I've talked to have found out. That that's where they will find out what next is, Eric. it's mm-hmm. really kind of interesting how that just just happens. And mm-hmm. so I was serving at this nonprofit organization and I was helping this this this, this pastor out. and Eric, it took us through Dallas of all places, mm-hmm. man. And through that experience, the guy who I was helping for free, Eric at that time <laughs> just <laughs> said, hey, uh, what do you want? And I remember going. I would love to meet James Brown. I hear what's weird about this, Eric. I didn't know a thing about football. I didn't play football, <laughs> Eric. I had no sports background. It's even kind of funnier. Uh, think about it. But I've been so just interested in his life, though, mm-hmm. and I, that's what caught my attention more than anything else. And for three months, he allowed me to follow him around, Eric. Wow, and it was one of those. It was one of those things where I'll tell anyone and saying yes, I love this title, Eric, and saying yes, man. Don't let your age or your ability stop you from from saying yes, mm. man. That's um great. Because that time I'm forty, Eric, that's not yeah. a good time to start a second career, right. um, typically. <laughs> yeah. and, and I didn't yeah. think this one could be it. And so when I, I can remember uh, talking to an editor who said, "Well, give me some." Some pitches, Eric. I remember going, what are news pitches? Man, I didn't know what those were, Eric. Not looking back, man. Yeah. Yeah. And like a long story short, it was through those experiences. And and I I would also say, Eric, humbling myself, man. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was tough. And Eric, to make a longer story, hopefully not too long here. In the midst of all that, I don't know if you follow this story or not, Club Pulse. It was a mm-hmm. it was a nightclub in Orlando. Yeah. So a series of just exchanges. I got to know the club owner. Mm. Um, And this is where I would say, Eric, the first aha moment of, okay, God, you may have something bigger and you want to put me in environments that are uncomfortable to me at that time anyway. Mm. And how do you want me to use what you've given me to share your light? And the funny thing is I I got a text message from the club owner today. So we still talk wow. 5 years later, Eric. Wow. We're still very much in we're still very much friends, uh, I would say. And she would end up saying, Eric, so it was so bizarre. She said, I was at my darkest time at that at that mm-hmm. moment, Eric, mm-hmm. but she she even said recently, thank you for being my light during that time. Wow. Um and to what I thought, Eric, was mm-hmm. nothing to actually give, man.
0: That's amazing. Well, and to me, you know, saying yes, this idea of you know, how do we reach people that, you know, have a different worldview or see the world differently or don't have the same experiences? You know, the spirit of God is already at work over there, you know, is, so just sure. saying yes, you know, as a missions pastor in Georgia, you probably never would have thought you'd be in a conversation with the owner of a uh, pulse nightclub. I did Bar, not, Night Eric, Club. Eric, yeah. You
1: know, I think, I think by saying yes, the next thing we need to honestly do is ask questions, like, I don't think we ask questions enough, Eric, and I think it's in the asking questions that I really do believe that we get to share the gospel, man. That's I can't good. tell you how many times that's, that's happened with people who are far from God, who I'm interviewing or, or just about daily life now. If you start out knowing that God's called you to be there, first of all, and he's already gone before us, as you've already said, Eric. And then I would say next is ask questions, You'd be amazed how many people want to answer your questions, Eric. Yeah. Uh, Far too often, I think, when it's Christ followers, there's no way they don't want to answer my my questions or or talk to me. And I would say, if you come across weird, there's a pretty good chance they probably don't want to. Christ followers are not, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But but it's asking questions, you know. And I I think, I I look in scripture this morning, I was reading John chapter 1, Eric, and Jesus calling his disciples. What I love about that chapter is, is that he's asking questions, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is not like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to just stand there. He's asking serious questions and mm-hmm. then responding back when they ask him questions. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is what people will do if we'll start engaging them by asking them on their territory, where are they at and all of this
0: mm-hmm. stuff? That's really good. That's very important. I feel like in my own experience, you know, and I really kind of started doing this more in Los Angeles is just learning to ask good questions. It's amazing. As you get to hear someone's spiritual journey, they're very open to hearing yours. Like they just, you know, you've just shown interest. And so being able to connect the dots where their story and your story intersects and how you found a relationship with God through Jesus. And they could too, like that's, that's the, the, the process of helping someone find faith.
1: It just is Eric, you know, about I don't know about you, even this a lot longer than I have, but I don't think people far from God don't think Jesus is weird. Now, they may think some Christ mm-hmm. followers are, and yeah. for good reason, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we've seen lately, anyway. Yes, um, yes, for sure. But, I mean, they may think that's a little mm-hmm. off, but you know, it's you know, it's amazing. I mean, Jesus' character. It's still good, Eric. Mm. I mean, I'm always amazed whether it's following a riot like I did this past summer or wherever. Man, it's it's yeah. amazing to me how yeah. people still want to know more about him.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and he still is is I think, which I think is pretty neat that mm. people still are in in awe with with who was this man.
0: Yeah, that's right. Two thousand years later. Well, I wonder if you could share just a little bit. Um, your thoughts on why racial reconciliation is so important for the church in order to reach this next generation. I'm Derwin Gray out of North Carolina said that, that, that young people are not leaving the church. They're leaving the white church. That's his yeah. quote. And just being able to be a part of a church that takes a loving people, even those who look differently from a different background, seriously in a world where young people Of all shades, were marching, you know, and protesting uh, last summer after the tragedy with George Floyd and all that had happened throughout the spring. With you know, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, you just see a a group of a generation that this is important to them, and yet sometimes the church is not seeming to make this a priority or seeing it as an expression of living out the gospel. If you would just share a little bit about. What you've seen working and why you feel this might be more important than perhaps some churches realize.
1: You know, Eric, man, I don't know where you've been in, in my house here this morning, but that's what I've been writing on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so forgive me for going on. You know, Eric, this morning I woke up to, a, to an article, and I won't say which denomination it is. There's some great people who are in that de- denomination. But the, this certain denomination was giving money to reach Generation Z. Um, they were saying, "Man, we want to invest more in in Gen Z." And although I welcome them doing that, Eric, but I did think to myself, and they are missing the point. Mm-hmm. It is not more money. It is honestly this certain this certain denomination. When I looked at their track record on race, it's just not good, Eric. Yeah, um, and they still have no one of color in their top, you know, executive team there. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself. How, and and people may not like this, Eric, and I got to tell you, I know it's hard, it's a hard pill to swallow at times, but how Generation Z sees that we are relevant, that we are credible, Eric, mm. it is by race, man. Mm. And so if they see something and if they go, that's all white or all black or all anything, Eric, they immediately go, is this traditional, like, is this old school or mm. where are we going with this? Because they didn't grow up in a culture like that, Eric. Um, This last three years ago, the kindergarten uh, group that came through three years ago, my daughter was a part of that group, Eric. They were the most diverse uh, kindergarten class in the country, man. Wow, that we had never even seen before. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, to this certain denomination was doing some good work. But I thought, man, they're missing it. It's not it's not about more money, although that 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 that's helpful. It really is all about diversity. And Eric, there's a reason why. You know, we look at Nike, we look at some of these other companies. There's a reason why that 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 they have said we've got to turn on diversity, Eric. Mm. And I, I think they mean it, but I think there's a reason why they're doing that because they see the culture that's coming, Eric. Right. And the culture that's coming, how they know that we're relevant. Is by do they see everyone a part of that group, and yeah. so to a church or to a denomination, I would say, if you want to come across and if you want to be re- not come across, it's going to be relevant. I mean, you're going to have to add people of, of color in in everything that you do. Yeah. And you look at John chapter one, Eric. What I love about that passage is is that Jesus and Nathaniel are talking. And Nathaniel just basically goes, does anything good come from Nazareth? And Jesus basically says, and here comes an honest man. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, man, that's, I mean, I'm still struck by that one passage, just because Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where Jesus doesn't go, you know, get out of here because he's, you know, he's being offensive, but at the same time, he's asking a pretty pointed question. I think Generation Z is asking that same question of us as Christ followers. Like, does anything good come from who we are if we're not representing what the kingdom of God is going to look like, Eric? The kingdom of God is going to be people of all races and all tribes, Eric. So why should we not be modeling that here?
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, John Burke, uh, our pastor here at Gateway in Austin pointed out that 500 times in the scriptures old and new testament you see this idea of all nations you know and most most you know sacred texts from other world religions are more uh yeah. more re- regional you know but this this book the hebrew scriptures and the new testament point towards a god who loves all people and all nations and i think what you said is really important just Being intentional about uh, including people of color in decision making. You know, if you want to reach people who look differently, let them help you reach them. (laughs) You know, uh, it it reminds me. Is it? uh, I think it's Shirley Chisholm that said, "If they don't bring, uh, give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair." Yes.
1: You you know, (laughs) know, we
0: we should be the ones that making room at the table and even you know raising up people. Uh, younger than us, uh, because right around the corner, you know, America is going to be a majority minority country. You know, Austin just passed that, I think, a a year or so ago. Of course, I was in Los Angeles for so many years, 13 years. Uh, Mine, I think I did. I don't I think I did one wedding with two uh, white people. (laughs) Every wedding was a, a combination of you know, a man and a woman from different backgrounds. Amazing though, yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of
1: those things. And Eric, you know, you've been a part of this a lot longer than I have. I mean, LA was leading the way in, in, in this. But here in Atlanta, you know, for example, Man, I mean, we just passed that this year too. Eric. Is that
0: right? Yeah. I
1: mean, and so it's one of those things where we all knew that twenty twenty was coming in a lot of different ways. We don't get into that, Eric, but yeah. um, we knew it was coming. Man, yeah. when it came to the racial turnover, yeah. I just, yeah. I just think oftentimes, and not you, Eric, but we're doing a great job talking about it. But we're doing a lousy job applying it, though yeah Um, yeah and i I, I think talk is great i mean a lot of things happen because people talk it out but man we've got to move on it man
0: yeah you know one thing that i've seen work really well uh in in working with different churches is who want to be diverse i mean they want to but they don't necessarily even know how i love what you said earlier about You know, asking good questions, you know, that's certainly a good start. Uh, But there's also uh, something that I've seen some churches do, and I'm sure you're familiar with the Rooney Rule, since you and James Brown are friends. Uh, Rooney Rule is the uh, NFL rule for uh, interviewing a minority uh, before you can hire your head coach. And so some of these churches I've talked to, uh, just this idea of uh, a person of color having the opportunity to at least video interview first before you just offhandedly decide no, because what's interesting is if you think in terms of, of culture, if someone comes from a different church culture, you know, maybe they've been in an Asian American church or an African American church or a Hispanic church, they may not answer questions on a resume, you know, fill out the resume with this answering in the same way. Like there's some implicit yeah. bias that we might actually miss. And, and I've seen that even here at my own church in Austin, some amazing candidates that if you were to read the, the resume, you wouldn't have necessarily thought they'd be a good fit. And now they're on staff, thriving, starting campuses with us. Like it's been really beautiful, just creating that space to Mm. listen, you know, and create opportunity. It's
1: it's beautiful though, isn't it, man? I don't know if you've been following the Muppet controversy that's been going on, Jim Henson's Muppets. It's been kind of interesting. Uh because, you know, they're going back and they're putting those up online for people to, to watch. And, you know what, Eric, it's amazing to, to me. As I go back and, and look at those, I remember as a kid watching those. And to be fair, Eric, finding it to be, man, nothing's wrong with this. It was okay because that's what was acceptable at that time, Eric. Right. Now I look at it and I go... Oh, wow. Like, how did I miss that? I mean, Eric, you know, as I look at it in today's light. Yeah. And I I do think we've got to stop and go, especially if you're generation X and up, is stop and go, okay, are there any biases in my own heart? Sure. Yeah. Um, Eric, the the truth of the matter is, at times there have been. Right. Right. Yeah. You have friends of all different shades and races. What I love about that, though, Eric, is that people are able to hold you accountable and go, hey, you may have noticed this, but I did, though. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I would tell anyone, if if you want to do multi-ethnic work, man, if you don't want to be held accountable by people of different shades and races, then you probably don't want to do that work then. (laughs) Um, Because because it's one of those deals where, you know, Eric, um, the more friends I have of different races and cultures, the more messier it gets, Eric. Yeah, like it doesn't yeah. get easier. Yeah. I like say it does, yeah. but it gets, it gets messier. Yeah. But at the same time, the more the celebrations come here. That's right.
0: Too. Yeah, that's right. Well, and I think part of what's beautiful, and and you're really hitting on this, it may be messier, but it's because uh, there's a there's a freedom to talk, you know, yes. now <laughs> in a way that uh, that our, our parents' generation and even us growing up. Um, there was um, almost like it. It we were all in the same room, but we weren't necessarily in the same group. You know what I mean? I, like, th- but this I, next generation, there—that is their world. You know, they—they they can't see a world that—that uh, that the one we grew up in. They don't see. They it.
1: just can't, Eric. I, I was—I was in my daughter's classroom last year, um, and and it was funny to me because I looked across this room and I thought. Everyone's here. And when she was in kindergarten, there was this kid who was in her class, um, Hindu background. And and she was like, Man, he comes with the best food, daddy. And I can remember going, like, okay, it's like you're eating this, you know. I, I didn't know Eric. Yeah. She was yeah. what she was eating. So I remember having to go to that kid's parent and ask. And my daughter loves whatever your kid is bringing. (laughs) Um, Can you tell me what that is? (laughs) Because I never had it before. Eric even heard of it.
0: That's awesome.
1: But I thought to myself, here is this generation, you know, uh, Z, and man, Eric, my fear—I should say fear, but um, concern—legitimate concern—is that I am deeply concerned that today's church will not be ready for my daughter and her friends Mm. um Mm. and it it does keep me up at night at times it really it's probably what i'm doing what i'm doing today Mm. is to man shine a light in places that we never thought that there could be one here that's
0: beautiful yeah Uh,
1: but i think we've got to do more of that though
0: that's right that's good yeah the church absolutely can be should be on the front lines of yes. reconciling the world you know to jesus but also to each other well mina it's really great to have you thank you it's for taking some time so
1: fast man it's like man this is you know it was awesome Eric, well thank
0: it's you. great man. great to hear from you thanks for joining us on the post christian podcast More resources available at ericbryant.org.